0: Welcome to Nationwide Market Insights for January 25th, 2024. A stronger end to 2023 than expected for the economy. Economic growth was stronger than expected over 2023, following the third quarter's buoyant 4.9% annualized pace. While real GDP growth slowed a bit in the fourth quarter, the trend for consumer spending remains solid heading into 2024. How far will this momentum carry into the year? And what are the current odds for a recession this year? This is Brian Kirk. And with us today to talk about the latest GDP data, we have senior economist, Ben Ayers and economist, Daniel Vilheber. Hey Ben, thanks for joining us today. Third quarter growth was deemed by many to be unsustainably strong. And we did see an expected slowdown in the fourth quarter Run us through your thoughts on the data, and what were some of the high-level differences between real GDP growth in the third and fourth quarters?
1: Yeah, thanks, Brian. You know, I think the main takeaway from the Q4 data is that the U.S. economy continues to beat expectation and is still on a pretty solid growth path heading into 2024, despite the many headwinds that we've highlighted from tighter credit conditions, higher interest rates, elevated inflation you know the economy continues to grow and, and really beat expectations on a continued basis over the course of 2023 you know the, the 3.3 annualized growth rate for the fourth quarter was a little bit slower than the 4.9 that we saw in Q3 but you know 3.3% that's still a solid to strong growth pace and, and actually the second half of 2023 was much stronger than we had in the first half and much stronger than any of the numbers that we had over 2022 we have to go all the way back to 2021 when we were coming off of the pandemic and seeing some very strong growth rebound at that point to see anything close to what we've seen over just the past couple quarters here so again as as opposed to seeing the economy really start to slow down we see those recession risks come in and see it's kind of trending in the downward direction. We're still seeing pretty solid, uh, strong growth across the board. You know, Most analysts are expecting something closer to about 2% annualized growth for the fourth quarter. So we well surpass that. And once again, sort of highlighting the resiliency that we saw for the economy last year. And really, some of that, I think, is still going to carry into the early stages of 2024. Diving a little bit into the details, consumer spending still really sticks out to me as the primary driver of growth. Personal consumption expenditures rose in an annualized pay, so 3.1% in Q3 and another 2.8% in Q4. So you know, consumers really carried their momentum through the end of the year. You know, a little bit of a slowdown, but those are pretty much the same numbers over the second half of the year. Spending on services added the most to growth once again in Q4. Uh, it's really a continuation of a trend that we've seen going back to 2021. You know, whatever you want to call it, the post COVID revenge, the spending on services, going out and seeing Taylor Swift, whatever you want to do, um, a lot of spending on services over the course of 2023 and that continued into the fourth quarter Um, but we did see that good spending bounce back in the second half of 2023 as well was a surge in auto sales we saw more spending more broadly coming into the holiday season so again even though services really is the main story good spending did bounce back in a solid way over the second half of the year you know and with the majority of real gdp growth coming from consumers you know That's the area to watch as we head into 2024 for whether we see this faster than expected growth continue or do we see a slowdown and maybe a recession on the horizon over the next year. I'm looking a little further into details, the business sector continues to be a bit of a mixed bag. Business investment or what we call non-residential fixed investment was positive, um, but sluggish again in Q4, not seeing nearly as strong growth as we normally see and not as strong growth as we saw in the first half of 2023. Many firms seem to be hesitant about pushing through big expenses for buildings or equipment um, given the economic uncertainty that we face for this year and obviously just rising operational costs when it comes to paying for your workers or getting a loan at a much higher interest rates. Inventory buildup. Or, what we call private inventories contributed heavily to the outsized growth that we saw in the third quarter. So, it wasn't surprising to see that area pull back a bit in Q4. But, you know, business still added to their inventories. Uh, and, and we were expecting maybe a pretty sharp decline as we typically see when a big run up the previous quarter, you might see a decline the next quarter. That didn't happen. It maintained at that pretty high level. Uh, so, business are still adding to their stockrooms in, in anticipation that. Consumers are going to continue to keep solidly spending in the new year. So we'll see if that happens, see if we see a change in inventories as we head into the new year. But at least through the end of 2023, still seeing some pretty solid numbers there. Finally, we have to point out that government spending continues to boost the economy. Government spending was up 4.2 percent in 2023, while state and local investment climbed 3.8 percent. This is much stronger than we typically see from the, the government sector. The government sector is a smaller portion. Of overall GDP growth, but this level of spending is certainly adding to the expansion, even as the Federal Reserve is trying to slow down the economy. Um, when you go look into twenty twenty four, we may not see as much of a boost from fiscal spending, but the momentum was there at the end of the year and heading in pretty strongly into twenty twenty
0: four. Thank you, Ben. I know in your analysis you talked about the strength from the consumer. You know, it is kind of surprising how resilient consumer spending has been, you know, despite headwinds from elevated inflation and higher interest rates. Daniel, let's bring you in this conversation. Can you help us understand why the consumer activity we've seen remains so strong?
2: Oh, sure. But before I do, I want to say that I really didn't expect Taylor Swift to make an appearance on this podcast. What an interesting time to be alive. Uh, so <laughs> She's so everywhere,
0: Daniel. She's everywhere. She's she- at the NFL games. She's on her podcasts.
2: You cannot escape her. No. So, you know, what we're seeing is uh, what we've always said in the past, namely that Spending is fueled by job and income gains. This has consistently been the case in the past, so it shouldn't be too surprising that it continues to be the case in this cycle, despite higher borrowing rates and what has become over the course of 2023, a low saving rate and depleted pandemic savings. The fact is, consumers have continued to spend because unemployment is still under 4% and wage growth is still above 4%. As for how consumers were spending in the fourth quarter, it's relatively broad based with solid growth in both goods and services. We've been talking about the services side for a while, as demand for services has helped to keep services inflation elevated, but as I said, we're still seeing plenty of demand for goods as well. Considering where borrowing rates are, durable goods did particularly well due to a combination of consumption of home furnishings and another very strong quarter for recreational goods and vehicles, which has been pretty normal in recent years. But plenty of categories of non-durables have been selling well too. Sales at clothing and apartment stores have been strong, as have online sales. On the services side, the real standouts were transportation, recreation, and food services, or more commonly referred to as bars and restaurants.
0: Thanks, Daniel. I know that earlier Ben was also talking about the business sector. You know, Ben mentioned a weaker contribution from investment.
2: So, Daniel, what's driving that? Well, inventories contribute significantly to the outsized real GDP growth in the third quarter, actually accounting for about a quarter of the total growth. This is a volatile category, so a pullback was expected, but it's not really what we got. Going from a large positive impact to what turned out to be a neutral one accounted for more than half of the difference in economic growth between the third and fourth quarters. So it certainly took a step back, but it was expected to be a drag on growth after the large run-up in Q3, and it wasn't. Outside of that, Non-residential fixed investment or business fixed investment continues to hang in there and was actually a little higher in the fourth quarter despite rising costs and high interest rates. Now Ben mentioned that it was sluggish compared to the historical norm, and that's true. But what surprised me was the growth in structure investment. Well, it was substantially lower in the in Q4. It was still higher than the long-run average and definitely higher than expected given current headwinds to investment, as well as what would seem to be lower demand with many companies looking to downsize office space. You know, we've been expecting the prospect of oncoming slower growth in the economy and investment becoming cost prohibitive to have a more significant impact at some point. And it appears we're on our way there, but maybe not quite to the pinnacle of that effect yet. Residential investment is also still pretty solid despite high mortgage rates greatly affecting demand for housing. With the supply of existing homes still severely limiting sales on the existing side of the housing market, builders appear to be determined to help fill that gap as the pace of housing construction, particularly single-family homes, has held up really well.
0: And Thanks, Dean. I appreciate that. Let's bring Ben back in this conversation now. I can see that Ben is starting to uh, look deeply into his crystal ball right now. I'm not sure if it's to see who's going to make it to the Super Bowl this year or you know, if maybe... Um, Taylor Swift's going to have another round of concert dates this year. I don't know. But as you look at that crystal ball, Ben, you know, with such strong economic growth heading into 2024, are we still expecting a recession this year? And if so, when could that occur and what should we be looking for heading into it?
1: Yeah, I think that's really the the million dollar question as we we look out from a forecasting perspective over the year you know early in 2024 should really benefit from the solid labor market trends that we still saw at the end of 2023 that means that we think that the growth environment over the first quarter of 2024 and maybe even into the second quarter should remain on pretty solid footing i don't think we're going to see a 4.9% or a 3.3% again but i think when you look at the q1 we could still see something around one and a half to 2% annualized real GDP growth. And, you know, certainly that's a slowdown from where we've been over the past couple of quarters. That's still pretty solid uh, and pretty far away from saying, yeah, we're going right into a recession right now. I think when I look out over the year, the second quarter is really where the growth path is going to come into greater focus. Uh, And the swing factor here, I think, is going to be job growth and the trajectory for wages. If job growth, especially within more cyclically sensitive areas, so you think about manufacturing, retail, leisure, and hospitality. If that really falls off in coming months, I think we'll be talking about the start of a recession by the end of the second quarter at the latest into the third quarter. So when you look at our forecast for the year, you break that out quarterly, we would expect to see a slight negative in the second quarter for real GDP, followed by a slightly deeper decline, maybe around 2% or so, in the third quarter, you know this would line up with some of the building weakness that we're seeing on the margins when it comes to labor demand and overall consumer spending, and really the swath of leading indicators that still point to high recession risks this year. You know, importantly, those are still pretty mild numbers compared to what we've seen, especially over the past two downturns, you know, a slight negative in Q2, maybe a slightly deeper negative in Q3. That's a pretty mild recession and pretty brief. And we would expect to see the economy bouncing back by the end of the year. With an improved horizon as we look into 2025, although even growth then might be a little bit below trend if things really linger on, or especially if the Fed keeps interest rates at a relatively higher level, you could see a little bit of a more subdued growth path in 2025 as well. You know, I still think there is a chance that the resiliency that we saw through December – carries further into the year than we currently expect so maybe we continue to see some solid growth through the first quarter maybe into the second quarter maybe even into the middle stages of the year you know, and that's really the soft landing scenario that most people including the fed are hoping for as we look out for 2024. you know job growth remains solid real income gains especially you know with inflation coming down maybe that helps to keep spending going Um, the economy could continue to push off those recessionary conditions for further than we have in our baseline forecast right now and that would mean a stronger middle part of the year with a recession delayed until later in the year, maybe in the 2025, or if we ultimately get a true soft landing, maybe we'll push off those recession concerns for a couple more years, as we've seen in prior periods where we're able to kind of avoid a recession, continue growth for a couple years. You're eventually gonna see that next recession, but maybe we're not talking about this year or next year, maybe it's more like 26, 27, 28, something like that. So that's really your soft landing scenario. But I think when I look out at the year, I I think the odds still favor a mild downturn over a soft landing. But it's important to point out that the difference between those is relatively small. I think either way, we're looking for a slightly slower economy this year, led by an expected pullback by businesses with regards to hiring and investment. Um, And so seeing things really start to pull back downward from the stronger pace that we posted over the second half of 2023. You know, that's the downside. I think the upshot here is that the slower demand should aid the Fed's inflation fight. And so we should see more normal price pressures as we get into 2025, whether that's around or after a recession yet to be seen. But I think the main story there for most people is that we should see a more normal price environment from an inflationary perspective. And I think that's good news for everybody.
0: Thanks, Ben. Just kind of following up there then, you said that growth could be a little sluggish this year and even into 2025. So What is the true growth potential for the U.S. economy in the coming years?
1: Yeah, I I think that's a really interesting question. And one of the things that really hangs over most economic forecasters is, you know, we have a pretty good feel for where we think things are going to go this year, maybe next year, especially tied to what we see the Fed doing. But from a three, five, 10-year horizon, you know, what is that growth trajectory for the U.S.? And that's what we talk about when we say potential GDP growth. And really what drives the underlying drivers of economic growth in the U.S. are really just two things. It's labor force growth and it's productivity growth. And unfortunately, both those factors have been weakening in recent decades. And when you look at most official forecasts, uh, don't expect those slower trends to reverse anytime soon. The Census Bureau projects even weaker labor force growth in the coming years compared to what's been some pretty weak growth over the past couple of decades and when you look at the congressional budget office they place potential real gdp growth at only about 1.7 to 1.8% over the next 3 to 5 years and that really underlies our thought that we th- we might not see real gdp growth above 2% normally you might see that in a rebound stage coming off of a downturn or coming off of a weak year but in a normal steady state you might see the economy not getting up to two percent and being in that one and a half to two percent range so seeing a slower growth trend overall over the next decade than what we've seen over the past couple cycles now there are some upside impacts that could change our thoughts about that i think at the top of the list or the AI technologies that are coming out right now, you know, does that promote an increase in productivity? Does that kind of act like what we saw in the 1990s with the expansion of personal computing in the workplace? Does that really boost our productivity over the next decade? So it kind of lifts that potential growth from below 2% to slightly above 2%. And we could also see some changes on the immigration policy that could provide a boost to labor force growth as the, the natural run rate within the U.S. is really pretty slow. Those are still pretty big unknowns at this point. And I think, unfortunately, the recent trends suggest weaker potential GDP growth in the U.S. ahead rather than stronger. Thank you, Ben. And also
0: thank you, Daniel. This has been a great conversation on economic growth as we start the new year join us again in our next episode as we react to the upcoming FOMC announcement. The Fed is meeting for the first time in 2024, and they will likely not make any rate changes at that meeting, but they might shed some light on when they could start loosening monetary policy again. So stay tuned. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you can receive notifications for each new episode. Until next time, for Nationwide Market Insights, This is Brian Kirk information provided by Nationwide Economics is general in nature and not intended as investment or economic advice, or a recommendation to buy or sell any security or adopt any investment strategy. Additionally, it does not take into account any specific investment objectives, tax, or financial condition, or particular needs of any specific person. The economic and market forecasts reflect our opinion as of the date of this report and are subject to change without notice. These forecasts show a broad range of possible outcomes. Because they are subject to high levels of uncertainty, they will not reflect actual performance. We obtain certain information from sources deemed reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or fairness. Nationwide and the Nationwide Inn and & Eagle are service marks of the Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company. Copyright 2024, Nationwide.